Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Welcome. I am so glad you're here today. I have the pleasure of talking with Ben Blakey, the founder of Hero. Hero designs custom knee, ankle, and wrist braces. And these custom braces can serve as a great alternative to invasive surgery, especially for those oh-so-common ACL tears, which is what the focus of this podcast will be on today. Welcome, Ben. I am so glad you're here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Good. Well, I wanted to first start with, I absolutely love your story and what your inspiration was for starting Hero. I would love for you to you know, share that with, the, with my listeners today. Uh, sure. So um, <laughs> I guess it's tougher talking about yourself. But <laughs> uh, so when I, when I was uh, in high school, I had uh, bone cancer in my knee. And um, we spent several years trying to save it and ended up having it amputated. And I had this um, special, special surgery where they, they actually amputated my knee and then they took my foot and they turned it around and they brought it up and they made it my knee. And Interesting. so, wow. yeah, yeah. And, and so with that, it's, it was kind of complicated to fit as a prosthesis. So, um, I kind of grew up on a farm and I was, uh, had an engineering background and I kept bringing ideas to them how to, how to fix that. Um, and they said, well, you can't do that. So I said, well, where do you go to school for this? So, um, I got into the human side originally and then, um, my uncle's a veterinarian and he was friends with a uh, Dr. Taylor that was uh, on, had a show on animal planet called emergency vets. Mm-hmm. And I was living at Denver at that time and he introduced us. And so I just started making devices for different animals that, that they had going through that clinic. And um, a few years later I was asked to speak at an international veterinary meeting. And so then people kind of all over the world started asking me to start making um, things for them, which was a little bit different because I was used to putting my hands on the animal and, and being able to know how, how everything, the geometry of the bones and all those different things. So I had to figure out how to teach people from a distance to, to take cast of legs. And, and so the the cat, everything that we do is custom made. So we have to have a cast. Um, so we know what the dog's body shape is and so it was just a whole new set of challenges and you know 15 years later here we are so wow and I I I guess for me to ask you how many braces later that I I can't even imagine yeah Yeah, I don't I I don't know I guess I don't count that very well (laughs) how many that yeah translates to how many dogs you've helped so yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we we do well over a hundred braces a month, so it's um, at times yeah. uh, you can do. It yeah. wasn't as much early, it's a lot. and I don't know. It's so, a yeah, lot. yeah. Well, um, and so that it it just shows that how you have so much compassion for those animals who they need a little bit of assistance, and um, I love that you took your own experience and 
and we're passionate about trying to bring that to um, help the lives of dogs. It's amazing. What are some of the things that you find are some of the most common reasons um, dogs tear their ACLs? Well, you know, it's funny, like, you know, athletes, it's pretty, you can tell a football player gets hit in the side of the knee and that's how they tore their ACL. But with dogs, it it just happens really quickly. Um, Somebody sent us a video one time and they're, Somebody was just playing fetch, and then the dog just went running off the deck. Uh, it was just a concrete slab right onto the grass, you know, and just like maybe a few inch change, you know, she tore her tore her cruciate. And um, you know, I I I think the research is kind of they don't really know for sure. They, is it genetic? Is it uh, the shape of the the bone, uh, how the bone interacts in the knee, is it um, uh, how how the dog is fed, their their uh, nutrition, um, the age, you know. But the, there's some dogs like larger dogs that are are more apt to tear it, but they're also larger, so you know, obviously mm-hmm. weight can play into it. There's just so many things that that can go into it. I I think pretty much there's no consensus that veterinarians really know for sure, but it, it can happen as simply as just taking a walk and, and that's, sure. you know, or, you know, being an agility dog and, and running wild doing the zoomies, you know? Right. So, so that it's kind of all over the board and, and um, most people report like they just came, like they were out back and I heard a yelp and they just come up lane, you know? And, and so, a lot of people don't even see it when it happens. It just happens so quickly. Right. So. They come to the door holding up their leg. Right. Yeah. 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 So when a dog has torn an ACL in a leg, how likely is it that they're going to tear the other one? Well, you know, there's been a, a, a few studies done on that. And and the range is somewhere between 60 and 80%. The studies show that they're, they're going to tear the other leg. And and so I think that leads to people believing that there's some genetics and some nutritional parts. So if one's weak, then the other one's likely weak, but you also have to think about if, if you tear one ACL and they're not putting the weight on it, the whole body weight shifts over to that leg. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's twice as much gravity working on that. So, um, Again, we can't say for sure why, but it, it, it mean that one makes more sense that it's it's going to happen than than uh, um, than just knowing how they tore it in the first place, I guess. So. Of course, yeah, yeah. So once a dog typically goes to the vet, the recommendation is is usually surgery. Um, what do you see are some of the downsides of having that um, that ACL surgery? Well, so, and I, I think some surgeons, I guess it depends on which surgeon you're talking to, but, it, you know, there's there's at least a, a dozen different types of surgeries, and, and I've heard surgeons tell me before, you know, if if there's that many different options, there's not one that has one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that, that means that there are some, there's some downfalls to each one of them. Um, but then you can talk to some other surgeons and they're going to say, well, an, 
they're very tied into a TPLL or a TTA, which um, is really changing the shape of the bone inside the joint. And, and, you know, they, they view that, that that's 98% effective. Um, and there's a lot of studies that show that, um, the underlying thing that, uh, um, and, and there's some more research that's coming out that's, um, kind of alluding to this. So most all of those studies that say that something's 98% effective is measuring it at six weeks postoperatively. So that's great. Well, so what's happening at a year and happening at a three years? Um, and, and so there's some more long-term studies that, that they don't quite show 98%, and, and they're all over the place, and it kind of just depends on what they're, how they measure, if they're putting weight on it, and, um, you know, if they had to have surgery again, or just different things like that. So that number goes down with the, the time away from it. Um, and I don't, I don't think that we can give you an exact number on that just because, one, it hasn't been studied enough, and, and two, it's, it kind of varies with that. But we do know that it's, it's not 98% at a year. Um, mm. and, and so, but that, that's, with, that's with anything if we look at any surgeries we even have as humans, you know. Um, but when people come to us, so I, I guess for some background, so when, when I started this, I, I was on the human side. And, and so my thought was that we were going to do surgery and we were going to do brace and we were going to do physical therapy because that's what we do in the human side. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in veterinary medicine, that's not really what happens we change all those ands to ors because in the human side we have insurance and insurance just covers across the board for everything so why wouldn't i you know just do everything i could absolutely do sure well uh, unfortunately that you know we we don't want it to be but finances enter into the equation Mm -hmm. and then not only that um you know, it's one thing to do physical therapy for myself, but when when we have to start taking a dog dog to physical therapy or dropping off, you know, there there's a time element that's that's not in in this equation that people are saying, oh, I, I I can't do this, and it, and it's not. I don't want I don't want this to make it sound like there's bad pet owners out there because. These are just life decisions that we all have to make because we have a lot of people that love us that we have, you know, I have a son and a daughter and I can't go to one soccer game and one's football game at the same time. Right. Right. And and so life is just full of these decisions that we have to, to do. And, and so um, generally the people that come to us because, because there's that or in there, we're doing, uh, surgery or a brace or physical therapy, um, people are coming in to me and they're explaining these other things that they're trying to manage as well. And, and even though the surgery is, I'm using air quotes, the gold standard, um, it's, it's not 
always feasible in real life. It's like theory versus mm-hmm. real life. They, they mm-hmm. don't always match up, right? And and so I'm not sure what the question was it started with, but I hope I answered it. <laughs> yeah, just some of the downsides of surgery. And I know I personally have experience um, with a dog that um, I did have ACL surgery on. And um, it, it was pretty traumatic for her because she actually rejected the plate. And oh. she had an, a, an infection in her knee that would just not heal. Um, and we had to medicate her for a month so that that plate could hold it, the bone and everything in place before they then went back in and had to remove the plate, um, you know, so to get it out because her body was rejecting it. So it was pretty traumatic, not only on that end, having to put her through surgery again, but um, one of the things that was also hard is she's a, she was a border collie. And anybody who knows border collies, they are go, 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 driven, driven, driven. And to keep her in crate rest for weeks on end um, was also um, a very difficult task. So um, so that was just some of my experience. And, and you know, um, you and I have worked together um, over the years, and I actually have several of my other dogs that have torn their ACL and have opted to go the route of the brace versus the surgery. And part of it is because of that experience um, that I had. And, and so... Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that was definitely a downside of surgery, but of course, everybody has to make a decision that's, that's best for them and their, their animals. Right. Right. I mean, and, and there are, you know, surgical downsides, um, and, and that fits into that, that percent that they talk about, but like, we don't know later on, but like plate rejection, or there was a study that talks about there's an increased chance of osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer from, from the plates. Um, they think some of that is tied to the kind of plates that they use. So again, there needs to be more research with it. You know, there's, there can be infections. Um, some of the surgeries have to have amputations. Um, and, and, and it's, it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't want to turn up the volume too loud on those because, because we all, we all, you know, like, my 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 grandma she was 90 years old and she didn't want to have a knee replacement because she was worried about not waking up and mm-hmm. and she would rather live with less mobility and still be able to be around us for longer right and she ended up having it anyway and then her her quality of life went but um, got much better after that so um so there's a definitely a place for it, hundred percent. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, it, I, I like. I think every situation you just have to look at what what your situation is, and and as professionals, we have to just be able to help you the best that's in in your situation. Absolutely. So. so, can you give us a little bit of an idea as to how the brace works as a surgical alternative? Well, so. When we look at how you kind of have to look at what what they're trying to do with with the surgery anyway, and, and so um, when a dog tears its ACL, uh, there's a the bad motion that happens. It's called a, a cranial drawer, and so basically the bottom bone of the knee kind of it, it likes to shift forward underneath the bottom bone um, when when a dog puts their weight on it. And, and so because that shift happens, it, 
it, it can be painful, but I, I really think it's more startles the dog because when they put their leg, their weight on it, there's not enough weight there, or not enough support there, and it gives away. So um, they respond by pulling it up. So what the surgery does is um, there's a couple different types of surgery. Some are, are trying to change the shape of that interaction between those bones so that doesn't shift. Um, some use like a, it's like a medical grade fishing line and they try to wrap it around the joint and, um, to to try to support that joint. But really what that's trying to do is, um, trying to irritate the outside of the joint. So it forms this scar tissue that, that kind of stabilizes the joint. Um, and what that's called is a, a medial buttress. So, but it's just a whole bunch of scar tissue on the inside of the knee that kind of stabilizes that. Um, so the dog can still move their leg, but it, it doesn't shift when they put weight on it. So if we think about a hundred years ago, before we ever did surgery, that was kind of the, the norm of dogs still tore their ACL then. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's how their body reacted to, to try to stabilize it is form the scar tissue. And, and so if you, if you decided not to do anything over, over about a year, that scar tissue would form. Um, and, and, you know, the, your dog would still be somewhat lame, but it would be functional. Mm -hmm. And, and so in a way, that's what we call conservative management. Now, um, we try to add other things that we know that can help that are not surgical in conservative management. So the brace is one thing. And so what the brace does is it tries to stop that bone shifting um, when they put weight on it. So they can put weight on it and they can be active sooner. But the end game is we still want that scar tissue to form. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and the thought is, is if we can minimize how much that shift happens, that scar tissue forms tighter and it doesn't have to be as big mm. to be able to stabilize that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so generally what we see is somewhere between nine months and a year is how long they wear the brace. And then after that, um, they only use the brace for like high activity times. Uh, maybe if they're going to a dog park or going on a hike, um, but beyond that, they, they don't need to wear the brace on a day-to-day -day basis after that, that scar tissue is formed. Is that kind of how you followed suit with, with your, I mean, you say you've had seven, right? Yes. Unfortunately, I have, well, I have um, six dogs and um, one of them has passed. So it was seven. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've had seven different braces um, that I've ordered from you because you know, like we talked about the odds of one ACL tearing after the other are very high. So we would do one and then a few months later we would have the second one. Um, but yes, that is exactly, um, how, uh, the process worked for me is that I would keep the brace on, um, you know, as long as, as we were moving about the brace was on right. at night, I took it off. And then for about, it was about, probably about seven to nine months, I started weaning them off. And um, it's amazing because one of my dogs had had two ACLs um, that she tore 
she races at the back fence, the other dogs, the neighbor dogs. And I'm amazed every time because she just smokes them, you know, and, (laughs) you know, and every now and then she's, you know, a little bit stiff or whatever. But um, for the most part, it's amazing um, how well they've recovered. Yeah. I mean, I find myself getting stiff more often myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. She is nine, (laughs) you know, so yeah. Um, so can you give us a little bit of an idea um, to help listeners understand how the custom brace process works? So if someone wanted to move forward, what does that process look like? Sure. So um, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, everything that we make is custom. And and the reason that that's important is um, if you or I were to tear our ACL, there's 14 different knee braces sizes that we could choose from. Mm. And that's for adults. So if, if you think there's two or 300 different breeds of dogs, you know, just a simple math, we'd have to have hundreds of different sizes. And so um, what we actually do is make it specifically for that animal. Um, and, and, and so to do that, we have to send a casting kit. So uh, we have this little um, hook blade that, and, a, and a guard that uh, protects the the animal. We just wrap a, a simple cast and then cut that off. It takes about twenty minutes, um, maybe a half hour. Um, generally, we don't have to um, sedate the dog. Um, you know, there are some more aggressive dogs. You may have to do that, but uh, you know, I've been doing this for fifteen years, and I think I've sedated four dogs. Oh wow! Um, and and so. Uh, the, the cast process takes about 15, to ha- 15 minutes to half hour. Um, so then that's, uh, we, we send a shipping label with the, the casting kit, and then you put that back in the cast, and then and it comes back to us. Um, generally, we try to have the veterinarian involved with this, um, that, that, you know, they're, they're used to taking casts, and, and um, you know, if anything would happen that you wrapped it too thick or something like that, they have tools to be able to take it off. So... Um, they understand the anatomy, and it's it's just best that that they their guide in this this process. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it comes back to us. It takes us about two weeks to manufacture, and then we send it back. Um, we have some fitting some fitting videos on online that kind of explain that. And then what we really pride ourselves in, um, you know, you and I can see each other via video right now, but I know the the listeners can't. But we, we have Zoom calls or FaceTime calls where even though you can be wherever in the world and we can set up a time and we can help you through fitting issues, um, anything that doesn't seem right, um, and, and do that customer service support from, from a distance. So, um, Nice. And, and that was one thing that I will say is um, with a very, you know, after, of course, I was used to um, once I had had so many dogs that, you know, had so many legs I had to brace. I got used to it, but I remember in the beginning, just those little, little Velcro thing, or, you know, the little material that goes at the bottom, even if that's too long, it can affect the way that the, the brace is worn. And so there's little nuances like that. You don't realize until, you know, you get to that point. And so I remember going, okay, what am I, you know, help me out here. And, um, you guys were amazing at, you know, giving me, giving me, um, support through that process. Yeah. And, and it's usually just something so minute like that, I know. That, that we see that, 
that the others don't. And and so some people will throw out, well, why don't you just make your, you know, say more about that in the video? And I'm like, do you realize how many little nuances that, right. I mean, it, it ended up being like a two hour video and, and nobody would. Um, so, so uh, <laughs> right. we, we kind of, we kind of have to provide the support and, and be able to answer those just quickly as they need it. And, you know, we we do follow up emails to make sure everything's doing all right. We, we really want wanted to succeed. You know, I like I said, I'm an amputee, and and my prosthesis doesn't do me any good if it's sitting in the closet. And yep. and I really believe that about the animals too. We, we, we've got to be able to um, support you and 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 make make it simple enough that you can use. But there's those little things that some of them are just counterintuitive. You know. And, right. And so just explain those out and, and, oh, okay. And then you can move forward. So. That's right. Here goes the light bulb. Yes. When, when you're, what do you find are some of the most common challenges um, whenever dogs are introduced, first introduced to wearing a brace? Yeah. Um, so I guess probably one of the biggest questions that, that comes back is, you know, people kind of have this mindset that I'm doing something custom. So I made it, so it should fit like a glove. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, it's not supposed to fit like a glove. It's supposed to have gaps in some areas and it's supposed to push in some areas. And so um, I think we do need to shoot a video about that, explaining that a little bit better, but um, you know, a dog's leg as they walk, it changes shape, you know, just through the whole phase of them swinging their leg. And so if we have something that that is a rigid shape that doesn't allow for that change in shape, then, then you have some weird things that happen and it can rub and whatnot. So um, just for an example, around the top edge, it has to be loose because the top of the thigh gets really thick when they sit down. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or when they flex their leg. And so if if we have it too too tight up there what it does is it, uh, it's a cone so it just pushes the whole brace down. And mm-hmm. and so um you know it, it's just little things like that um but um once I once I use my hands and talk with my hands and show what's going on it, like you say the light bulb goes on and and so that's why very helpful. Good. Good. And so as we talked a little bit about support, um, that is, that is huge. Whenever someone especially is learning, they've never dealt with anything like a brace. Um, and, and also I would love to have you kind of talk about if there are interested, who, how do they get in touch with you? What would be the best next step? And, you know, sometimes the people that are listening, they may not have a dog that has an ACL issue, but it may happen tomorrow or it could happen, you know, six months from now, or maybe they just had surgery on one leg and they want another alternative. Um, So they may not have the need right now, but what would be some steps to, you know, learning more about you and how to, how to find out more about your brace? Sure. Um, No, the simplest place is our website. It's go hero, go, dot com um and and from there i mean you can kind of peruse around and, and find out what you know we have a couple other braces too what brace you might need if you're looking for a veterinarian to work with um 
you, you can contact us, uh, our phone numbers on there and, and we try to help find, we work with veterinarians all over the world. So, um, we, we can help, uh, find a local veterinarian if you're having trouble doing that. Um, that's you a know, really good thing to mention because I think so many, um, people feel like, you know, since the vet recommended surgery only, um, they may not feel like they're on their side when it comes to maybe helping with casting for the brace. Yeah. And, and, and so uh, this is always a tough one. Cause I, I don't, I don't want to vilify vets that, that are, are really saying we, we need to do bracing because, you know, there's been a long history of that's what the study is. Like I said, I, I've been doing this for 15 years, but mm-hmm. it's just been in the last know, five or so that we've had research that are, is showing that the braces are effective. And, and so if you think about when they went through school, they were taught uh, – a chance to cut is a chance to cure. And and so they want to help cure that. Like they care about the animal and this is the sure. best way that they know how to do it. It is surgical. And, and so, um, and, and then, then there's, you know, some that's, it's just not their specialty. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, they trust the surgeon that came in and, and said that. And so, um, and to a point, I, I think you should be lined up with a vet that, feels comfortable with doing whatever treatment protocol. And, and so um, there tends to be some rehab specialists. There's some general practice doctors, um, you know, surgeons are, are really good at surgery and, and, and so um, let them be good at that. And, you know, if, if, if your situation fits this, then we'll, we'll line you up with a doctor that, that uh, this makes sense for them. So. Right. Good, good. Um, can you think of anything else that maybe I did not touch on that someone would need to know or anything you'd like to mention about your company um, as we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I, it, I don't get to do it enough. I'm, like I'm, I'm usually the front person and because I have a story I, I get, they get to talk about me more, but there's some just really caring people on my team and, and I think they're really good people. So, um, they, uh, this really wouldn't be a company without them. I'm just, I, I, I talk and I have ideas, but I don't, I don't execute the way that they do. So they really, they're the ones that, that really do do the great things to help your dog. So I'm wonderful. It's, it's really, a good feeling to have a team that, that stands behind your mission and, and has, you know, have the best interest of the dogs at heart. So that's great. All right. Well, I am, um, I will put the um, link to the website in the uh, show notes. So anyone can uh, find you if they, um, if they're looking to find out more about your company. And I appreciate so much you taking the time today to explain what you do, your story, and um, and how you you know their dogs can be helped with the use of a brace. Thank you so much, Tammy. It's been great, and, and uh, uh, I'm just so excited. It's been so so great for you. And uh, I, when when you told me seven, I, I knew that we had, we had worked on a couple of your dogs together, but seven braces that's that's way cool. So I yeah, I I, pro- I should have a little, a little um, frequent 
fire car <laughs> yeah, <somewhere> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> in your facility. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you again, Ben. It has been a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.